You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. I've got something I want to share with you guys today. You guys ready? You sure? Okay. I, I, was, I don't know about you, but I was getting wrecked. As we were closing worship, I didn't cry as much as Telsey, but I was like, I was, I was there. It was watering, and, and this call, like, Lord, show us your glory. I just felt, man, resonates so deeply with what I felt him putting in my heart for us today, and hopefully he connects it for you. Uh, but maybe it doesn't seem as serious of a note, but to start, I want to ask you the question. Who here has ever been hooked on a TV show? Look at all those hands going up. Come on, we got vulnerability in here today. And uh, so, so I know for me, I, like, I resisted. Like in the age of streaming platforms, I would hear people talking about these series and that series. And I, I just like a movie, right? Like the story starts and finishes and you carry on with your life. And, uh, and where these TV shows, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like if I'd get sucked in, because I know I have a bit of an addictive personality. That's just being honest. And so when I got COVID back in November, uh, a friend of mine from, from BSSM, from Bethel School of Ministry, who I connected with uh, after years of not talking to him, said, oh, you need to watch the show. And so it's like, all right, I'll give it a try. So I get into the show and I got hooked. The problem was, it's 11 seasons long, 177 episodes in total. And, uh, and I was like, but I got like gripped by it. I like love these characters. I love the story. I'm in, right? And uh, you always want to see what happens next. Anybody know? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? And uh, to the point, guys, this is really vulnerable. Um, I would feel like incomplete if I didn't watch an episode one evening. You know, it was like there's withdrawals happening is honestly like the way it felt. It was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go see what's going on there. I gotta get one episode in. And I started to prioritize, you know, watching the show. And then you're watching the show and you guys will know what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, just one more episode. I'll just watch one more episode. And what happens, you stay up a little later, right? Yes, okay, the, the vulnerability is going downhill here now, I think. Um, now here's, here's, I don't know if I should call this hilarious or sad reality that I experienced at the end of 11 seasons. Uh, I did actually go all the way through <laughs> over the course of five to six months, okay? I, I felt sad. I was missing my virtual friends. Like, I, when, I, when I started to realize the, like, feeling that was going on in me, it dawned on me, I feel sad that I'm not going to go see, you know, Carol and, like, all these, right, like, these characters. I had, I had come to, like, this is a tangent, this part, but I still got to share it. It's like, and I realized I'd got hooked on these, like, virtual relationships, I have, I have virtual relationships, one-sided, of course, just observing these fictional characters. Now, here's the, here's the tangent lesson. Again, nothing to do with the message, actually, but anyways, I'll give it to you. Uh, real connection requires vulnerability. 
and moving in and exchange. Like you can actually sit on the edges of a relationship and actually just be an observer and think that you have a connection with somebody. But until you actually begin to move in and share your life, you don't really have connection and relationship. That's a tangent, a freebie. We're going to go back to the message, okay? So back to, back to TV addiction, okay? What started to happen through this prioritizing the TV show other parts of my life suffered, okay? Like I, I, on the relational side, I had less quality time with my wife and my children because I'm watching this TV show instead. Now, usually I do it late night once the kids are in bed, so, it's, you know, it's not so bad. But Telsey and I, less connection. Your sleep suffers. I'm not joking here. Like this is totally serious. And you know what, you know what happened as a result of suffering sleep, less sleep, my morning routine started to tank. My morning routine that I had gotten really good at for like the last six months, roughly, of 2021, I was up early, I'm in the Word, reading the Bible, and working out, and like I had this whole fitness routine, and my fitness routine really started to fall apart. Good news. Last week, Telsey and I made a commitment to get up in the morning and we have a 6.30 a.m. date to do fitness together, Monday through Friday. Uh, and there's something that started to happen, though, as we made this commitment just this last week. One, you're like, you're tempted to start another series, right? And you realize, I can't, i got to get to bed. But that decision to actually get up early in the morning and the following through on it starts to make the rest of life fall in line, Right? You, you naturally can't stay up as late. You're exhausted from getting up and working out in the morning. Uh, you, so you go to bed earlier. <laughs> you, you're connecting more. You naturally desire to eat better. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You just feel better. Life is better through this simple decision. Now, my point in sharing all this is that not to tell you TV shows are evil, don't watch TV, you know, point of the message, stop watching TV, that's not it. But my point I want to get across in sharing this is that I'm enjoying a far superior fruit and reward in my life through denying myself something comfortable and convenient to embrace something difficult and disciplined, okay? Not so funny anymore. But there's a universal principle that you've probably seen it on shirts, right? No pain, no gain, right? See it at the gym. Jesus said something like this. It's not a very popular message, but it's an important one. We're going to read it today. This is Matthew 16, starting in verse 21 to 27. From that time on, actually... I'm going to pause. I'm going to give you context. Right before this, Jesus is asking his disciples, who do people say that I am? Right? You guys know the story? And Peter says, you're the Christ. You're the promised anointed one. You're the son of God. He has this profound revelation about who Jesus is. But after that, after that great revelation is expressed, it says, from that time on, now we'll dive into the verse, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. 
Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must, fo- must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for me to find, sorry, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. So Jesus is saying, listen, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to what? Deny yourself and pick up a cross. You're going to have to not let the allure of comfort or the fear of anything cause you to cling to the life that you currently have. You're going to have to surrender your life to me and my cause. You're going to have to let it go or you're going to have to let it die so you can receive the superior life that I want to give you. Right? Now this is like, this is a big call from Jesus. And I want us to catch a few things, highlight a few facets that I see in this. One is the cost, the enemies, and the reward. Okay? You can think in those terms today. The cost. Jesus says to follow me. We just looked at it, right? You're going to need to deny yourself, take up the cross. You're going to have to stop protecting yourself. You're going to have to surrender your life. Basically, she's like, basically, guys, you're going to need to die. To follow me, you need to die. It's like, what? Sorry, Jesus, what's the cost? Your life. Why would anybody say yes to this? Why would anybody say yes to Jesus' call to fully give your life, to take up your cross, to deny yourself? I want to say to you, we will never voluntarily trade something of great value for something of little value. Think of that with me, okay? You're never going to take something of great worth and great value and trade it for something of little value. So here's what's between the lines for me when I look at this. I hope you can see it, is that every time I cling to my current life the way it is and the way I want things, it's because of a failure to see what Jesus is inviting me into. The life of following Jesus is of far greater worth and value than anything else that you could experience in this world. The high price that Jesus puts on the call to follow him should tell us something about the value of Jesus. The value of being with him. Him and his way is always superior. It's always better. And so when I said, you know, we're singing the song, show me your glory, that's my prayer. That today he would open our eyes to see more clearly his worth and his value, his goodness and his beauty.
give you an example, okay? Who here has ever heard of Honus Wagner? I knew Jason would know. Jason's the only guy going up in there. Okay, Honus Wagner. The rest of you, no clue. I didn't know before this week. Honus Wagner was a baseball player. Okay? Jason knew, right? Now, imagine someone, I've just bought a new Tesla. Okay, this is, I, I haven't, just for the record, no. This is just an illustration. Sorry, telling a pretend story here to make a point. Uh, if anybody wants to get a Tesla, that'd be great. I'd be happy. It's my birthday tomorrow, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> Let's just say I've got a new Tesla Model X, okay? You know what that's worth? $140,000, $150,000, okay? And someone walks up to me with a Honus Wagner baseball card and says, I'll trade you this baseball card for your car. What do you think I'm going to say? No. Unless I knew what I know now. The most expensive baseball card ever purchased was a Honus Wagner baseball cord card that went for $6.6 million. That's the most expensive sports card sale ever. So someone comes up to me with this baseball card. I, got, I don't know who Honus Wagner is. Like, pff, whatever. I'm keeping my Tesla. I could buy 40-plus Teslas with that baseball card. Okay. Do we know the worth of Jesus, of life with him? Jesus makes this grand statement, poses the question, what will it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? What Jesus is trying to get across and what I want us to see when he calls us to this high cost is that Jesus wants to lead you into a life so abundant that to trade it for the whole world would be loss. Take everything that you could have in this world, put it together, it still doesn't outmatch Jesus. Think of it in a math equation. I like math. The whole world and everything it has to offer, minus Jesus, equals loss. So this seemingly high cost, it points to something. It points to his worth. You know, sometimes when you see a high price tag on something, you might kind of balk and go, eh, is it really worth it? I tell you, Jesus is not a shady salesman. He's, he's, he's honest. When he's saying it's going to be worth it. What do you have to give? Oh, your whole life. It's going to be worth it. But, you know, even if we can see the reward that lies ahead, there are enemies, there is an enemy who will seek to hinder you from experiencing what Jesus offers. 
You know, if we look back into the story that we read, Jesus knew what lied ahead for him. He said to his disciples, guys, I got to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die and I'm going to be raised back to life, right? He knew that resurrection was in the path, but he knew this suffering and this pain was also part of it, right? The enemy still tried to stop him. How? How did the enemy try to stop him? Through a caring friend. Through the voice of wisdom, supposedly. I got to go die and be resurrected. Peter, never, Lord. What does Jesus say to him? The harshest words probably Jesus ever said to any person. Get behind me, Satan. And he says, you are a hindrance to me. The Greek is like a stumbling block is what you'll see in some translations. What you are saying is being put in front of me as an obstacle that I got to step over. I got to go. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm called to do. How was Peter deceived? Jesus tells us right after. He says, you're a hindrance. He says, you are mindful of the things of man, not the things of God. Being mindful of the things of man, or in other words, the things that this life and this world can offer if we look at the whole text together, right? When you're mindful of just that and you lose sight of what God has for you, you can fall prey to this hindrance, to this enemy who's trying to bait you. It's so interesting, though, that, that Jesus told them what was going to happen? It doesn't say that Jesus just said, I need to go to Jerusalem and die. It says they need to be raised to life. But Peter got hung up on the dying part. Peter got hung up on the suffering part. He thought he knew better than Jesus. You're in a bad position when you think you know better than Jesus. Isn't it interesting? He still calls him Lord. It shall never happen, Lord. Jesus is Lord or he's not. And this path of discipleship requires him be Lord of all in our life. Complete surrender, total surrender. I was talking with my friend this week, Aaron Dick. How many know Reverend Aaron Dick? That's what he goes by on uh, Instagram from Gateway Church. And he put it to me this way. He's like, yeah, we like our boutique Jesus. We pick and choose which parts of Jesus we like. It's like we go in and we're like, oh, I like the way this looks. Yeah, this looks good on me. Of some truth, some teaching of Jesus. Nah, not that one. That one doesn't look very good on me. I'm going to leave that one on the shelf. And we pick and choose from what Jesus says. The path into the abundant life that Jesus has for us is on the path of total surrender. Handing it all over, not clinging to life as my way. One of the common um, stumbling blocks placed before us as well in this day would be the message that current culture wants to give us. Okay? I think of it in these terms like current culture versus Jesus. <laughs> Jesus says, I'm going to form you. I'm going to form you into the ultimate version of you that I've destined you to be. Current culture says, don't let anybody else define you. 
Jesus says, hey, some denial of immediate desires is going to be required on the path into abundant life that I have for you. Current culture says denial of any desire in you is suppression of your true self. Don't deny your desires. That's the real you. Anybody hear that message? You know what I'm talking about? Jesus says, no, actually, there's a lesser version of you, and it needs to die. I have a better version of you in mind. I will define you. I will call you to deny some desires, and we're going to take that version of you, and we're going to crucify it. So who are you going to trust? Current culture or Jesus? And, you know, looking back at Peter again, it's interesting to note that just because you heard from the Spirit once and had a profound revelation of truth doesn't mean you're not prone to deception. I mean, one minute, it's like, yep, that was from the Spirit of God, Peter. And Jesus affirms the words coming out of his mouth, being like, you didn't come up with that on your own. And the very next story, get behind me, Satan. You know, like it's it just because you've got some revelation, you're not set. You've got to walk with Jesus, listen to Jesus day by day. There's a real relationship that we're called into. But it's predicated on total surrender. An absolute yes, whatever you say, Lord. It's like Stacy was, was reminding of us last week from Hebrews 12. Fix your eyes on Jesus. It is that simple. But what's he calling you to do? You know, for each of you, it's going to be unique, and then there's going to also be some, some common things that he calls all of us to. Right? We're to speak the truth in love. We're to stand for righteousness. We're to side with Jesus on hot topics and different issues. But there's also specific calling. You know, what, what new routine might he be calling you into? What, what business might he be stirring you to start? What job might he be encouraging you to apply for? What sort of missional microchurch idea might he be dropping into your head in how he wants to touch this city? You know, I know that there's different ideas. I hear them here in our community. We're going to hear one next week. And it's like there's people with ideas about gathering people to create, doing creative process together and bringing Jesus into that space. I know someone's got an idea of just inviting men to a barbecue regularly throughout the summer, right? Like all these things. You've got to put yourself out there for it. There's a vulnerability in starting something new. Do you know what I'm talking about? And when Jesus is calling you into something, you're left wondering, like, I don't know, is anybody going to come? Is anybody going to show up? Are people going to think this is a lame idea? All those sort of things. But if Jesus is saying it, let's step into it. Clinging to what we know and our comfort and fear of failure are not your friend. Those are enemies. Those are obstacles. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday who's 
in their 40s, I'll be 40 tomorrow as well, joining the club, um, this person in their 40s is, is right now standing contemplating going to university for the next seven years to pursue a new path, a new career. And I just heard them like, come on. That's courage right there. Right? Like that's real courage. And Jesus may be calling you into something that feels crazy. Your stage of life, he might be giving you an idea for how he wants to break his kingdom into the city of Victoria in new ways. And we, all, we often get the idea, well, if it's Jesus, there's going to be favor all over it, and it's going to be awesome. And, and it's like, uh, sorry, did you look at his life? Uh, or I know people in this community, part of school boards, well, a school board, you know, who are, who are seeking to stand for truth and righteousness in a very... Um, in a time when it's not so popular to do so. Standing with Jesus. But the reward. Jesus says whoever loses his life will find it. Right? Wrong. He says whoever loses his life for my sake, we'll find it. It's a key there. What we're talking about is not just like bravado and like running, you know, headlong into some danger or whatever. It's about walking toward Jesus. It's about walking with Jesus. The reward is Jesus. The reward is a relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. Sometimes we, we can reduce it to these specific things about the new business or about maybe some increased finances or from our workout routine, you know, maybe I'll look a little better. You know, those, those sort of things. And those aren't bad things. But the ultimate reward is Jesus. And that specific call that he has on your life is actually the path on which he wants to meet with you. In those places of difficulty and inconvenience and, and having to like go the distance and stand strong in that difficult moment or, or, or die would be another way he puts it, is actually where the encounter is. This call, this high call is actually a call and an invitation to know him. And you know, he says, like, if you will try to cling to the life you have right now, you're going to lose it. That attempt, that self-preservation thing is actually working against you, coming into the life that he wants to lead you into. But if you're willing to let it go, if you're willing to walk with him, you're going to find ultimate life. It's ultimate life because it's in relationship with the source of life itself. With the creator himself. With the giver of all good, good gifts. Of course, it's better life. Of course, it's ultimate life.
And I think sometimes we can, we can read this invitation and we can get hung up on the high cost. But when we compare the cost to the reward, the cost will look small. Think of it in these terms. His life is better than yours. His life is better than any life that this world can offer. If you look across the planet and think, you know, fill in the blank with the most rich, the most famous people on the planet. And if you think their life looks better than Jesus, you still haven't seen Jesus. Maybe I want to be in Elon Musk's shoes or LeBron James or name whoever, right? Like some big name, wealthy person. If their life looks better to me than what Jesus has on offer, I've yet to really see Jesus. And, and you got to see, guys, the one who calls us to give our life, to know him, already gave his for you. We sit in that truth. He who gave his life for you says, give your life for me. It's worth it. It's worth it. So I don't know, like, how to convince anybody of his worth. Only he can do that. So my prayer is, Holy Spirit, open our eyes. Open our ears. Give us a heart to know you. And, and I, I know of no uh, better place to sit and encounter him than at the cross. And we're going to close today receiving communion. Did, did anybody not receive elements as they came in today? Can I get uh, some volunteers? Jason, are you on that? Jason is on it. So keep your hand up until Jason gets to you with elements. I'm just going to wait a minute while he, while he does that. As, as we wait, I just encourage you, just asking the Lord right now, posture your heart. Let me see you. Show me your glory. We want to see you, Jesus. Any hands up? Thank you, Jason. Let's let's stand together today as we receive this. Now I can't I can't do this for anyone. I can't force anyone into this, but I'm gonna pray a prayer and I'm gonna ask you to open your heart and your spirit to, to the Lord making it real for you, okay? 
So, Lord, we, we stand here right now, beholding with the eyes of our heart the work you did on the cross. And we say, Lord, that we surrender to you. We surrender to you and your purposes in our lives and in the earth. We say that you who gave your life for us, you're worthy of us giving ours back to you. Lord, we ask that as we receive this today, that you would open our hearts and our minds to really comprehend and feel and be aware of what you gave. Your life of such worth given for ours. We thank you for it. Lord, I ask that you just help us to to be a people who live and continual as you lead repentance from our sin and our own ways and surrendering to you and your lordship in Jesus' name. We thank you for your body. It was given for us. Take and eat. Jesus, we thank you for your blood, the blood of a new covenant, the blood that was poured out for the remission of our sins. And we receive it with grateful hearts. Wash us clean, make us new. Jesus' blood shed for you, take and drink. So I don't know everybody in here today, but I just want to say that if you have never actually surrendered your life to Jesus, or maybe you're watching online, it is the best decision you could ever make. And if you're in a place where you're standing on the edge and you're like, yeah, I think that's maybe something I need to do, I want to invite you to either send a message in the comments on the video or email us, office at lifetree.ca, or if you're here in the room today, I want to invite you to come talk to me. And we are excited to baptize people here two weeks from now, and that would be the next step as well. So um, other than that, I have no invitations other than have a wonderful day. Get a hug. Say hello. Surrender your life to Jesus all over again. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Life Tree. We are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.